Welcome to the OA Light a Candle meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Catherine. Hi, everybody. My name is Catherine. I'm a compulsive overeater. I want to thank Susan for the delusion that I will somehow represent her well as the speaker tonight. Um, (laughs) As much as I have disdain for this particular part of service, today I'm willing to do anything to not eat and and to be free from the from the disease that I have that's in my mind. You know, I, I raised my hand in this room uh, for this abstinence for nine weeks, and uh, I've taken all my chips here. I took my one candle here. I have uh, one year, five months, and 15 days of abstinence, and in that time I've um, let go of 73 pounds, and I'm uh, 98 pounds down from my top weight. and. You know, I hear so often in the room, uh, it's not about the food and it's not about the weight. And I, I agree with that. It is not about the food and it's not about the weight. After it's not about the food and it's not about the weight. <laughs> so um, I want to welcome the newcomers. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for being here. If you weren't here, I, 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 I wouldn't want to talk because um, you're the reason we're here. And... and um, you know, it says in this book that we use, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, it says here, I have to, in order to sway you, I have to carry a message of depth and weight. So I'm passing around some pictures. You'll see the weight part. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know about how deep we're going to go, but... Uh, you know, we um, sometimes it's confusing. It's it's confusing. We use the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous as the text for um, for our program. And um, you know, I had a hard time. I'm sober for 24 years, and I had a hard time making the conversion right from alcohol to food um, until I was willing and, and willing to really go to any lengths. And then I got it. I got it. Um, and, and, and what it says in the book, in, in, in the very beginning, is it says that we have to have a psychic change, a psychic change to recover. And it, and it also says that we have to be separated from the substance. Um, and so I, I get confused a lot of times because I hear people come and talk about abstinence, and I hear people come and take cakes and or cakes. Sorry, that's a take, <laughs> take candles and say, "Well, I still binge, but it's not as bad." And I have ten years of abstinence, and I, I don't understand that for me. I don't understand that for me. I have to have parameters. I have to have definition so that I know when I'm abstinent and I know when I'm not. Um, I think it would be funny to go into an AA meeting and take a 10-year cake and say, well, I get drunk, but it's not as bad. And it's only every few months, right? <laughs> so my abstinence is that I don't eat flour and I don't eat sugar, and I abstain from compulsive eating behaviors. Um, and I'm, work- I'm working towards obtaining and, and maintaining a normal body weight. That's my abstinence. And um, 
You know, I, I have been able to have, I've been coming to OA meetings for 20 years. 20 years I've been coming to meetings. 20 years of being so stubborn and not willing to let go of my ideas about that food is, are, are the answer, right? And, and, and it takes what it takes. And, and I, wish I, could have, I wish I could have had a different story. I wish I could have been 25 years old and walked in for the first time, you know, and, and let it take. And what's been different for me this time is that, um, you know, I've had amazing sponsors um, who, have, who have taken me to understand how I can trust that my higher power has a better plan for me than me, you know. And, and, and then I have a special sponsor, my loophole sponsor, MK. And so she's, she's the sponsor that when I commit, like, meat, potatoes, and vegetables, but I'm really eating French fries, I just tell her, right? <laughs> and then she convinces me to tell my sponsor. Um, but, you know, for me, for the last one year, five months and 15 days, I have not eat, had a bite of food that I haven't reported to somebody else. I, not one bite. I have been accountable for everything that I've put in my mouth, sometimes only to MK, but I have been accountable to, to, to somebody. Um, and, and, and to me, that's amazing because the food, more than anything else, is about secrets and shame, you know, and being alone. And, 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 and I get that. Um, I get that. I, I, I get that. And I don't want to live that way anymore. I, I don't want to live that way anymore. I, um, I grew up with such intense and desperate loneliness and such intense neglect. And I am... I am grateful for the food. I am grateful for the food. But it was being a little girl with two drunk parents um, that, that started me off on a path of this mind, of developing a mind that needed self-reliance. Um, and, I, and, and that self-reliance served me and, and allowed me to survive in an, in, in an insane environment. And, and I would... Um, my parents split up when I was six, and um, my mother and I lived in, in Santa Monica, and we, we were really, really poor, really poor. And, uh, you know, I used to go to school with holes in my shirt and holes in my one pair of shoes and, and so ashamed of who I was. And I would walk to school um, by myself starting in the, in the third grade, and um, and then I would walk home. I'd get home at two thirty, and she wouldn't get home till eight or nine o'clock. And and I would be so desperately lonely. And I would go across the street to the liquor store, and I would steal a bunch of candy. And then I would just I would lay it out for the hours that she was going to be gone. And they were my friends, you know. They were my friends, and and I didn't have to be afraid. And as and as the as the as the sun would go down, and it would get dark, and I you know I'm eight years old by my myself in a house. I would go and get the knives from the kitchen, and I would sit with knives and eat the candy, and, and that would make it okay, you know? And then um, the, the other end of my, of, of my particular experience was either I was alone 
or we had a house full of unsafe men, and then I wasn't safe there either. And it, when I was nine or ten years old, I actually moved into a closet in, in the house from my bedroom because that was what my brain said would keep me safe. That's what's going to keep you safe. And I would hide food in that closet, and I had a little flat, like, camper bed, and I moved our 12-inch black-and-white television, and it's like, just just let me let me survive. Let me survive. And so all that time, right, I'm this little kid with, with parents that are a little bit absent, and, and, and I'm developing this mind, right, this mind of an addict and that tells me that food is the solution. Food is the solution. Now, my parents were, were drinkers, and so I saw that drinking was also a solution. I was very interested in that and very obsessed with that, but I didn't, I didn't have the access. And so, um, so I just, I loved food. You know, I love food. I, I had these grandparents that sort of adopted us. They weren't really related to us, but um, they really saved my life. And 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 they always had a, a candy dish in the living room. And 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 I couldn't wait to get there to get to the candy. Um, and and you know, it, they were always. Um, what are those things called? Swedish fish. And she would have a big pile of them. And then, you know, I'd take them and try and restack them and reorganize them and just all the stuff we do, all the stuff we do. Um, and, and I don't believe that that neglect or that abuse is what made me a compulsive overeater, what made me an alcoholic. But I think, I think that kind of stuff helped me get there, definitely helped me get there. Um, I, I, I could have gotten there with, with perfectly lovely parents. Um, and so when I was 12 years old, I, I, I went off to, to boarding school in England, which is where my family's from, and, and what a relief. So I went to this very small Catholic convent school in North Yorkshire, which is kind of like going to school in the middle of Nebraska, like just really remote. And, um, and, and it was just what I needed. It was structure and we, and it was God. And, um, all my meals were prepared for me and, and I was happy. And at 12, we would go through the line, the youngest to oldest, and it was 8 to 18 at the school. And then when everybody was served, you could go for seconds. And so that was me. I was in the line for seconds. And then I was in the line for thirds. And it was okay when I was 12. And maybe there was one friend when I was 13. But by the time I was 14, I was now the oldest kid going back for the seconds and thirds. And I knew something was wrong. But I just couldn't, I couldn't help myself. You know, I just couldn't help myself because I have an emptiness inside of me that I can't fill, right? And I don't know that I need God. I don't know that I need a psychic change to get better. And my best thinking is just that the plum crumble with custard is going to be the thing, you know? And, 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 and I went through school and I watched as my friends got interested in boys and they got interested in other things. And I just kept being interested in food. And we would have afternoon tea at 4 o'clock and they would serve biscuits. And I would, you know, I, now I'm 17 years old and I'm still just stuffing my pockets with cookies so that I have enough sugar to get me through to the next time. Um, and, and, and that was my life. And, and uh, I came back. I graduated from high school and I came back here and... Um, from 17 to 21, I had um, a very brief career with drugs and alcohol, and uh, I really didn't give food any mind at all, except that um, 
I had weird things with the drugs. So there was a year where I would only eat peaches and um, another year that I would only eat Doritos. And, like, I always had weird food stuff. But, um, you know, uh, John Kay, he spoke here at the end of 2014, and he talked about how um, hitting a bottom with drugs and alcohol, it's like, man, it grabs a hold of you and it just slams you down. And, and you can really see it, but the food is so much more cunning, baffling, and powerful. It's, it's this slow, slow, slippery slide, you know, and then it just keeps getting okay. The behavior keeps getting okay. And um, 21 days after my 21st birthday, I, I went to rehab. And um, I was underweight. I think it's the only time we could say that about me. And, uh, and uh, I gained 30 pounds in 28 days, you know, because now I don't have drugs and alcohol. And what am I going to do? I cannot bear how I feel. I just I can't bear how I feel. And and uh, I remember it was thanks. I was there for the month of November in 1991, and 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 it was at Thanksgiving. They had um, turkeys on a rotisserie, and it was like a wall of turkeys. And I remember just <laughs> looking at all those. I don't like turkey, but um, <laughs> looking at all those turkeys, thinking there's not enough for me. You know, there's just not enough for me to make me okay. And and uh, I, it's funny. My mom picked me up from the re- and I had pants that I had I had used them a string to tie uh, a knot in my buttonhole and then reattach it to the button somewhere over here you know because nothing fit me and uh, she drove me to this room and uh, I started my sobriety in this room and um, and it, it was easy to be sober because I just ate candy all the time right <laughs> and 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 what happened for me is so I gained that 30 pounds and then for every year of sobriety, I gained 10 more pounds, 10 more pounds, 10 more pounds, you know, and I, I could keep justifying it. And in my 20s, I, I became an avid cyclist, and I did uh, 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 bike rides from San Francisco to Los Angeles. And so I was able to stay under 200 pounds. Um, but eventually, I, I, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't sustain the exercise to, 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 to offset the amount of food I needed to eat to be with you and to, to be able to talk tolerate me. And um, and all the while going to AA meetings, right? And being of service and working the steps and, 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 and doing all the stuff thinking, what's wrong with me? Why why am I not getting better? You know, I'm just getting fatter. And uh, and I would you know, I remember um, I remember hitting two hundred pounds and I think I was thirty years old and I, I, I hit two hundred pounds and um, I, I was coming to meetings, but I just, you know, I would sit in the back, and the people who didn't do it right, I, they were the ones that set the example for me, you know. So I, I, I didn't look for the winners. I looked for the losers and, and let them be the reason why I shouldn't be here. And, um, and you know, so now I'm 200 pounds, and, and I, I remember calling Jeannie B and crying on the phone saying, I weigh 200 pounds. What what should I do? And and she said, Well, you have to decide if you're done eating. And I'm like, Well, <laughs> no. If that's the answer, I'm never going to be done eating. And she, and she was very gentle, and we had a nice chat. But it, but but I wasn't done. You know, I wasn't done. And I kept eating. And 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 now I'm not exercising. So now I'm I'm passing 200 and 210 and 220. And what's it going to take? And I remember being in the Lane Bryant 
giant dressing room, and and the twenty didn't fit me anymore. And sobbing in the dressing room that I had to go get the twenty-two, and 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 what was it going to be like? And 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 my outside life looked fine. I was in, I was married. I was making good money. I lived in a good place, and I, and I just couldn't get it. Why am I bankrupt on the inside? Why is it? It's just this food thing, you know. And I I did commercial diet programs, and I would go and see my doctor, and she she would tell me you have to lose weight, you have to lose weight, and you know now I'm 250 pounds, and I can't believe that at 200 pounds I was suicidal, and now I've gained 50 more pounds what what's it going to take and I went to see my doctor and she said uh, my husband um, has met a, a surgeon who's created something called the lap band in Belgium and that's I want you to go and see the surgeon and have that surgery because you now I need to put you on blood pressure medication and 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 it's, your weight is a bad deal I'm like okay I'll go to Belgium um, so I, I went to Belgium and I met the surgeon that created the lap band surgery and I asked one of my friends from high school to come with me who had lived in Belgium and and we went and there was some miscommunication and we we ended up meeting at his house, which is kind of funny, and, and, and I, you know, he interviewed me, and we talked, and he said, uh, this is about to be approved in the United States, so you can wait, um, but, uh, but let me ask you a few questions, and so he asked me these questions, and he said, do you eat sugar? And I said, oh, well, not very often, no. <laughs> and my friend, my friend Claire, she's one of my best friends, she looked at me, and, and then she turned to the doctor, and she, he, she said, that's all she eats. <laughs> and he said, then I don't want you, because people like you screw up my results, because you just drink your calories. And this won't work for you. But I'll tell you what I can do for you. And so he drew a digestive system, and then he sliced it all up and moved a bunch of pieces around and said, I can do that, and that'll work for you. And I, that didn't make any sense to me. I, I, I don't want my digestive system to not look like it's supposed to. And, you know, I, 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 remember, I, remember, I remember flying back home, right, thinking, what, what? What is it going to take, you know, in, in a seatbelt that's so tight and, and, and just so, so down and still coming to these meetings and not hearing the message and not being willing to see that I have a, a disease in my mind and that I, this broken mind is never going to fix itself. I have to find some other way to do it. And I went to a commercial diet program, and I, I lost weight, and I fell off. And now, you know, I remember going back there, and I was 267 pounds. And I won an award at, at work. I was the top salesperson in a big company. And, and I went up, and they put a picture up of me. And, and because I was the last award of the night, they left the picture up for the whole night. And it's this, you know, it's this, this big, fat Catherine, you know, who's the success, the winner winner of the night, and I weigh 267 pounds, and I can't stop eating. And I came back, I came to OA with, with, with a little bit of desperation in 2005, and I got a sponsor, and I started working the steps, and I started to get it. 
except I was not willing to surrender the food. I don't know how to live in this world without excess food. I don't know how to do it. And so I would make deals, right, with the food. And, and, and you know, I lost 70 pounds, and, and it just got barely under 200 pounds for a second, and then it started, you know, creeping back up and creeping back up. And, and I just, I didn't want to be the one with the fat serenity. These are the people that kept me out of OA in the first place, and I, I felt like a fraud. And, and, and um, in 2009, I got pregnant, and um, or 2008, I got pregnant, and in early 2009, I stopped uh, going to meetings. I gained, I think, 50 pounds with my pregnancy, and... Um, and I, I knew sugar was the problem. You know, I knew sugar was the problem, and I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to do it myself, despite knowing and having evidence in my life that the steps work and have taken me from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body when it comes to drugs and alcohol. I'm going to do it myself. That is what my mind told me. And so um, I stayed off sugar um, until my son was born. And then, I, and then that's really hard when you have a baby. Who knew? No one told me. And, uh, and, I, and I started eating sugar. You know, I mean, he was a newborn. I was breastfeeding, and I would eat the sugar. And then I, I would breastfeed, and he would scream. And I would think, I'm, I'm poisoning him, you know. But I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. And I, I remember when he was, I don't know, I think he was like one and a half or two. And, and um, I had him in the car and he was napping and I, I was out of sugar, right? And now I'm married to someone who's abstinent and we don't have sugar in the house. And I didn't know what to do. So I, I stopped at 7-Eleven and left him in the car to go get candy, you know. And, 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 and he woke up in the, like, two minutes I was gone just screaming. And the shame of that, you know, that the Milky Way is more important than my son. And I still can't stop. I still can't stop. And, and um, you know, it was uh, in July of 2014, or maybe... May of 2014, one more time, I started a different diet. I was starting to lose a little bit of weight, and and um, and uh, I, I remember I I, uh, I went to the Olympics in in England, and and uh, I had a, a great trip, and I I came back, and a, a week later I had a stroke, and uh, I re- I was laying in the emergency room, and and. And the whole time, just being in so much shame. Like, you're fat, you can't stop eating, and now this is what's happened to you. Like, is there anything that will wake you up? And, and you know, I was, I was 230 pounds, and from uh, July 23rd to October 18th when I walked in, every day it was going to be different. Every day I was going to come back to you. Every day I was going to stop eating sugar. And yet, I had to go back up to 242 pounds. You know, 142 pounds and miserable. And, and, and I remember getting on the scale and seeing 242 and thinking, oh, I'm never going to be done. I'm going to be 300 pounds. I can't stop. And I, you know, I went to my, to a meeting, which is still my home meeting on a Saturday morning. And I walked in and, and there was a woman there and she said her abstinence was no flour, no sugar. And I thought, okay, that's, that's got to be me. You know, that's got to be me. And I couldn't imagine leaving there and not having flour and sugar. 
but I couldn't feel the way I felt. I couldn't do it for one more minute. And I am so grateful to God that, that, that I was in that much pain. Because that pain spurred me into just tiny little increments of willingness to, to make small choices to have a different experience. And I white-knuckled it for a week, and when I went back to that meeting the next week, I knew I had to get a sponsor because my mind will never take me anywhere good. And I needed somebody else's mind to guide me. And I picked, I picked a pretty lady in the room that was going to be my sponsor. They identified, and at the end of the meeting, she disappeared. I don't know where she went. And I didn't know what to do because I hadn't paid attention to who else was a sponsor. But I remembered the speaker was a sponsor. And so, and I didn't like her very much. I didn't like the way she talked. She had a funny accent. And so, I did, but I, I, anybody is better than me, right? And so I asked her to be my sponsor. And, and, and you know, it turned out she was perfect. She was an angel. And, and she took me through the steps. And I became convinced. I became convinced that, I, that, that food is a symptom of my broken mind. I have a filter that, that, that goes through life telling me that you, you're the answer, food's the answer, drugs are the answer, and I can't possibly move that filter. And the only, the only thing that's going to get me better is a higher power. That is the only thing that's going to get me better is a higher power. Now, I know that I am full of God, but I can't, because of this filter, I can't get to my God. i got to get God from you, you know? And that's, that, that's what that sponsor did for me. She connected me to my higher power, and then she, and then she, she had me do a fourth step that was all wrong. It was all wrong. Um, it wasn't from the book. It was questions, I, you know? But I was willing I was willing to do whatever she told me to do because I didn't want to go back to feeling how I felt at 242 pounds. And so I did this fourth step, and it was more of a narrative sort of a situation and answering these questions, and I didn't like it, but I did it. And, you know, it was the most healing experience I've ever had. I've been through the steps many, many times, but but this time I got to see a picture of Catherine from zero to now, and of course I have to be self-reliant. I had to be self-reliant to save my life, and now self-reliance is killing me. It's killing me, and 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 I was able to see I don't have to suffer. I don't have to suffer from the wounds of that childhood anymore. I don't have to carry my mother around and all the things she did or didn't do and eat. I can be free. I can be free of food. And, and you know, today, it's funny, um, it, I have a hard relationship with my mother, but I love her and I have compassion for her, you know, and I don't hate her. I, I, I just, I spent so much time hating her. And, and I don't have to do that. And to me, that to me, that's a miracle. It's, it really is. It's a miracle. And it was a it was it was a result of that process. And then the, the other thing that was different for me is in steps six and seven. You know, <laughs> I've done the steps so many times in in sobriety, and it was like, oh yeah, these are my defects, and I know what they are, and I'm going to pray to have them removed. Um, <laughs> 
And what I came to understand is I have this warped need for security, right? I, I, I was never safe. I was never safe. So I need you to love me, and I will lie, cheat, steal, manipulate. I will tell you whatever you need to hear so that you behave the way I want you to. And, and, and all of my character defects stem from that need for security, and that, that, was, that, that opened my eyes. That opened my eyes to a whole different way to live. Because if I'm okay with me and I'm free from food, I don't have to do that anymore. I still do it a little bit. But, but, it, but it's a work in progress, and I really don't do it the way I, the, the way I used to. And, and, you know, my life today looks so different. I, 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 experience, I experience freedom most of the time. Most of the time, I am free. And when I'm not free, I have MK. Um, <laughs> when, when I'm not free, I have my sponsor. And, 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 I, and, and, I, and I'm willing to tell the truth. I don't have to lie. I don't have to hide anymore. You know, I don't, there's, 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 there's nothing, there's nothing that, that is so big that I have to turn to the food. And what I've come to understand is that the people, the winners in this program, the winners are the people that are willing to experience moments of discomfort and not eat. Moments of discomfort and not eat. I can wake up and, and feel sad and have sadness, and my first thought is, ooh, I need to eat, right? And if I pause, if I pause long enough to take just some different action, even if it's just distraction, it passes. And it shocks me that for all those years, it was in those moments I wasn't willing to, to not eat, but that's all it is. And so the people who are ahead of me, who are abstinent, who work this program, the, the, the winners, I have, I have such admiration because I get it today. I get we're willing to just walk through moments of discomfort and not eat. You know? Wow. It's powerful. The, the, I guess the last thing I want to talk about is... is, is is how I connect to my higher power. Um, how I connect to my higher power is I call my sponsor every day with tremendous self-obsession and uh, because all my thoughts are self, 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 self. And she, she reminds me every time that God is the answer. Every time God is the answer. And sometimes I'm, I'm going through a situation and, I, and, and it's not turning out well and I think, what would Holly say? She would say that we need to ask God for help in this situation. And I, I do it in her voice in my mind, right? And then I don't even have to have the conversation. It's fantastic. You know, I, um, I have such a good life today because of abstinence. I, I, I understand today the meaning, really, of true sobriety, sobriety with drugs and alcohol, sobriety with food. Um, my favorite thing in the big book is, is, is uh, the, the Keys of the Kingdom, and it says, it's just a, a couple of sentences, and it, and it says, as the years go by working together, sharing our experiences with one another, and also sharing a mutual trust, understanding, and love without strings, without obligation, we acquire relationships that are unique and priceless. There is no more aloneness with that awful ache so deep in the heart of every alcoholic that nothing before could ever reach it. That ache is gone and need never return again. 
now there is a sense of belonging, of being wanted and needed and loved. You know, my whole life, that's what I wanted. I wanted to be wanted, needed, and loved. I wanted to be useful. And that's what you guys have given me. So thank you for letting me share. This. So I think the true, we bring our best selves to the podium when we give a talk, and then the true test is in the questions. <laughs> so does anyone have a question? Yes. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how you worked your program with your mom? Yes. The question is, can I talk a little bit more about how I worked the program with my mom? Um, after I read my fifth step, and... Um, We used outside help, but after I <laughs> after I worked a fifth step, and I got to see who she who she is, um, I asked I asked her to to join me in therapy so we could talk a little bit because what I got to see as I looked at steps eight and nine is that she tries so hard to be a loving mother today. Um, and, and she does her very best. And and I'm still angry about being six. And every time she walks in the door, I'm six and ready to have a fight with her. And it doesn't just affect me. It affects my family. Because when I'm around her, I shut down and I'm not present for them. So then they have to deal with her without me. Um, and, and and we were we were able to, to have a chat. And she was able to... Um, I was able to make amends for my part. I was able to make amends for she's over 27 years, and she said in in the in the session that we had together that she's been making a living amends to me for all those years, and that I just get worse. And she was right. And so, in in that moment, I was I was able to 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 let go of let go of all of that stuff. You know, I had this fantasy when I had a child because my mom is sober that she was going to be this amazing grandmother <laughs> and the mom that she never was to me. And, you know, she's just the same mom but sober. <laughs> right? So, so now I don't have to have expectation. I don't have to have any expectation from her. I can see her exactly who she is. She's full of God and she's lost. And I can have compassion for her and, 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 and know that she's probably an empty vessel that I don't need to go to anymore. And so we see her. She she rings us, and we see her quarterly. Um, and and it, and and that works. And that works. And the best thing is, I don't have a charge. I don't have a charge. I could just I can just love her on a quarterly basis with some distance. Yes. So you spoke about your actions being um, actions from flour and sugar. Um, can, you, can you talk maybe, do you have a certain amount of um, meals per day, or like talk more about your abstinence and your food plan? The question is, could I talk more about my abstinence and my food plan? So, um, 
it's funny. So my food plan is I, I have three meals a day. I could have I could have two snacks. My sponsor doesn't snack at all. So it's rare that I have two snacks. Occasionally, the apple that I've committed for breakfast, I push along and have as a snack. Um, I, I, I just, I, I tend to stay away from carbs. They don't really work for me very well. So I, I eat a lot of meat and salads and fruit. And um, My first sponsor was all about the protein bars. And I used to eat two or three protein bars a day. And that, that worked for me. And then my, my current sponsor, she thinks protein bars are the devil. And that, I, that, <laughs> that, that, that they're candy bars disguised as health food. So, but you know, they, they both have great programs. But since this one's my sponsor now, I don't eat protein bars. It's just food. I remember sending her food one time, and I said, oh, I'm going to have this salad, blah, 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 cheese. And she wrote back to me and said, no cheese. <laughs> Okay, it's just food. So, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I I eat three meals a day with with an occasional snack. And and I, now that I exercise a little bit more, I, I usually have a, maybe one carb, maybe not. Um, but for the most part, my food is clean, and it 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 it's not um, it's not as sexy anymore. Right, so it doesn't really matter. Whatever she says, I'm like, okay, that's that's how it's gonna go. It doesn't matter because it's just food. It's kind of a funny deal. Thanks. <laughs>